Thank you, thank you. Well, students, you know you're not alone, right? Yes, sir. Today, my message is going to be real simple, and I have a question for you. And the question is, what to do, well, my statement, per se, is what to do when you are afraid. Today, I'm going to be talking about what to do when you are afraid. I'll let you get your notes out. I have a lot of notes, so I probably won't be able to cover them all because I want to make sure I honor my time, 30 or so minutes. But um, the real question is, what will you do when you are afraid? Can I get two volunteers to read two scriptures for me? Well, I can just read them right off the bat. Thank you. Can you give me uh, Psalms 56.3? And can you also do 2 Timothy 1.7? What to do when you are afraid. Psalm 56.3, you got that, boss? I give you some time, no worries. Take your time. There you go. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. All right, can you read 2 Timothy 1.7 for me? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Today we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about what is fear the purpose of fear, and what to do when you are afraid. Let's get right into what is fear. Fear, by definition, is an unpleasant emotion caused by the legitimate belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. Fear is an anxious concern. It's a reason for alarm. Another definition says that fear arises when the threat, with the threat of harm, either physical, emotional, or psychological, real or imagined. I love what Psalm says. It says, when I am afraid, fear is going to come. You're going to be afraid. In some texts, that word fear is anxiety. You're going to feel nervous in life. But the goal is, is to make sure that we position ourselves to be functional. It's hard to be functional when you are afraid. That's why when I am afraid, the psalmist said, I put, I, my responsibility, I put my trust in him. It says fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by a legitimate belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat, an anxious concern, reason for alarm. It says fear arises with the threat of harm, either physical, emotional, or psychological, whether real or imagined. Now, there's two types of fear. I have a lot of notes I want to set the groundwork. There's two types of fear. The instance of fear and the state of mind when it comes to fear. Instance and state. Everyone knows that when you face fear, you heard this terminology, either fight or you flight. There's nothing wrong with having an emotion, but you have to understand that we were not supposed to be imprisoned by our emotions. There's going to be things in this life that's going to trigger you and make you afraid, but you have to put your choice and put your trust in God. See, instance of fear, like there's going to be moments that you're going to feel afraid. There's going to be moments where you're going to be like, man, God, I, don't, I never faced this before. I've experienced many moments of fear, but as I matured in God, I realized the greater one that's with me. Because no matter what, when I'm afraid, I still got a wife, I got a function. It doesn't matter when fear comes through my door, I still have to function. And it's going to be hard to function when you're in a state of mind of fear. The state of fear is the fruit of a weak foundation. That's why the psalmist says, when I am afraid, you're going to have moments when you are afraid. 
But you cannot dwell in that fear. Because when you dwell in that fear, you become the product of that fear and you become paralyzed. State of mind. The state, by definition, is the condition of mind or temperament. Let's keep going. We oftentimes fear what threatens to harm our idols. We oftentimes fear what threatens to harm our idols. So if money is your idol, the moment something touches that thing, you get afraid because that's your source. Whatever is your source will determine where you go in life. Like, you got to understand, God must be your source. And you think, you think Corona crazy. Have you read the Bible? Do you know what the times that we are facing right now? You nervous about this? What happens when the word of God says that people's hearts will fail them because of fear? That ain't metaphoric. That's legitimate. People will die because they are afraid. So God has given us a time, a, a moment right now to get our faith together. Because listen, you think that, like I said before, you think this is crazy. You ain't seen nothing yet. What you going to do when you're forced to take a mark? What you going to do when you have no choice, dead or not, head cut off? What you going to do? Back in the old Bible days, they sung songs to the guillotines. Sung songs to the guillotines because absent from the body is present with the Lord. If you love anything here, you're going to stay here. Heaven must be your goal. Heaven must be your mission because you won't be moved. During this pandemic, I told my class, I made more money in this pandemic, put out a book in this pandemic. I ain't scared of nothing. I got a promotion in this pandemic because I'm rooted. Fear will paralyze you. You have to think on a higher plane, family. Because if you get that state of mind of fear, you ain't going to be able to function. My bad, Miss McCullough, I said the word ain't. <laughs> but you won't be able to function. We oftentimes fear what threatens to harm us. That's what I used to. I used to be afraid. I gained, uh, I was 325 pounds. And the root of that weight gain was because I made my ministry my idol. And when people began to leave my ministry and to talk behind my back, I felt shaken because that was my identity. But when God became my source, you can come and go. You can put bad comments. You can put thumbs down. I'm still not moved. <laughs> Anything that grips you here. You won't be able to grab a hold of the joy that God wants to give you. Now, what is the purpose of fear? Because I have a lot of notes. What is the purpose of fear? The purpose of fear is to paralyze from a paralyze. Satan told Eve, did God really say? You won't surely die. Or this might take you out. You're always going to be faced with a paralyzed to paralyze you. Did God really say that he will comfort you? Did God really say that a thousand on your left and ten thousand on your right won't come here? Is the Bible factual and the devil's going to make you believe, hey, man, did God really say he got you? Or are you going to be gripped with fear and believe that this might take me out? I'm not afraid of no virus. I ain't afraid of that stuff. Because I know if I have a purpose, I can function. Let's keep going. The main function of fear, real or imagined, is to act as a signal of danger, threat or motivational conflict, and to trigger appropriate adaptive responses. So it's, fear is a good thing if you allow it to be a good thing. People, people look at me, they be like, man, um, when you preach, man, you look like you confident. But every time before I speak, I get nervous. That's anxiety. When I first started my YouTube channel, man, I, you know, I had this, you know, for those in Nigerian, please understand. I, I've been rocking this big forehead for a long period of time. 
And when it came to starting a YouTube channel, a channel 11 years ago, I was afraid that people was going to talk about it. When I was in um, high school and middle school, I stuttered. And sometimes you hear me, I'll stutter sometimes. I trip over my words. It's crazy you're tested at the very area you're supposed to triumph in. It's interesting how the devil attacks you at the moment, at the place where you're supposed to exude the greatest amount of purpose. You can't allow even in motivational conflict. You can't even allow in moments when your knees, weak arms is heavy, spitting out, want to throw up mom's spaghetti. Well, all those type of feelings and nerves, you get nervous, but you still got to stand in the midst of that pressure and say, I will perform. My athletes, when you're on that free throw line and, you know, it's two shots down, you got three free throws, what you going to do? There's going to be moments of fear, but you still have to function. The main function of fear, really imagine, is to act as a signal. See, fear is supposed to be a signal. That's a part of human nature. It's supposed to signalize there's threat, there's danger, fight or flight. You know what I'm saying? If something comes in a restaurant and, and there's my family there, I, I got to make a decision, fight or flight. I can't sit there and be paralyzed and be like, what am I going to do? So you have to understand that fear is a signal of danger, threat, or motivational conflict and to trigger appropriate adaptive response. That's fight or flight. Fear was meant to signal, not stay. That's as far as fear was supposed to go. Just to let you know, hey, when I heard about the coronavirus, when I, well, the coronavirus, I was like, all right, whatever. When they shut down the NBA, I went to right to Harris Teeter. An adaptive response. Okay, we're going to get waters. We're going to get some beans. We're going to get some crackers. An adaptive response, just in case. I'm not going to be dumb. You know what I'm saying? And guess what's still in my cupboard? Them same beans. Guess who's still been going to Whole Foods this whole pandemic? Me. You see what I'm saying? So God is our source. But at the same time, when you feel fear, you don't paralyze, you prepare. God, what are you telling me? What should I do? Is there a brook? Is there a widow woman? What do I do? Where should I go, God? I'm not going to panic and talk like everybody else is talking and, and think like everybody else. They just got to say, God, you're my source. Amen. Yes, I'm nervous, God. I'm afraid. This is this. I've never seen this before. And people catching this and things are happening. God, what should I do? And that peace that surpasses all understanding. See, peace is confirmation that God heard. Or hears and he's with you. Right now, you're not going to be able to comprehend the peace you feel. But most of y'all know y'all good. You have to tap into who he is as a person so you can feel that peace. Saying God will say, you know what? Go, do this, do that. I am with you. Y'all all right? Y'all quiet. When allowed to stay fear, it becomes a state of mind. When fear is allowed to stay in your life and you are welcoming and you allow it, it becomes a state of mind. It's called phobias. Now, all of a sudden, oh, man, I ain't getting on no roller coaster, man. I'm afraid of heights. If you're afraid of heights, are you, physically, are you going to be afraid of heights spiritually? See what I'm saying? Like, like everything's connected. Fear in one area can lead to a fear in another area. Then we all we mask ourselves and hide ourselves behind our excuses. Oh, well, oh, the reason why I'm not doing this is because. No, you're just afraid. Most of us are not afraid of failing. We're afraid of the responsibilities of success. Because most of us, we know success requires work. It's easy to be lazy and talk a big game. Oh, back in 95. Oh, I could have. I could have did this. Or I, oh, I, I could have averaged 40, but you'll coach politics. You make excuses, you limit yourself. Faith says, I'm more than a conqueror. That's right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
But if you get that state of mind of fear, you'll make excuse after excuse. Listen, I don't care who's in front of you. It's about who's in you. Listen, man, God will move mountains for you. He'll, he'll move people. I, I, I am a product of the faithfulness of God. This job I'm not qualified for, but I'm here. I'm qualifying the spirit, but on paper I'm not. I ain't graduate college. I ain't trying to imply that you shouldn't. But what I'm saying is I don't follow the beats of everyone else. I follow him. So why walk in fear when he's made my crooked path straight? I don't force the hand of God. I flow with him. There's a vibe. You flow with him. You get to know him so that when you step in any moment, you will be confident that you are rooted, that you anchored. That's why when you hear us talk all the time, invest in your relationship with God now. Because there is going to come a point when you can't trust your mama's faith no more. You can't rely on your mama and daddy's walk with God or the lack thereof. You got to invest in yours now. Because when I was your age, I had time. But we don't know how much time is getting crazy out here. But it was crazy before. <laughs> there was bloop, the bubonic plague. <laughs> There's been all kinds of plagues and people still survive. This is survival of the fittest. Are you fit? Mentally. Fit emotionally. Fit spiritually. Are you in the gym every day? We're talking about this. Are you in this every day? You can watch them highlights on basketball. You can do all this. And it's good in its proper place. But I'm telling you, LeBron ain't going to come here and encourage you. Jordan ain't coming from downtown and be like, I got you. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. Basketball ain't going to be able to save you. It may be a coping technique where you go out there and shoot some shots to clear your head. But this right here, right here will clear your life. And will set you up for an abundant life. People think abundant life is ex external abundance. No, it's internal abundance. You're not going to be able to hold anything significant without the fruits of the spirit. How can I hold a marriage without a gift, without the, spirit, uh, the fruit of love? The fruit of joy. How can I sustain my position without a fruit of long suffering? <laughs> How can I hold anything if I'm not held? When you're confident, you ever met somebody? <laughs> I, I, I do this joke all the time. You ever heard, you ever seen somebody that the universal senses would say they are two, right? But they walk in like a 10? Everybody else will say, aesthetically, this person does not match the standards of the world of beauty. But they, walk, they don't care what your standards are. I walk in my beauty. <laughs> and it's obvious. See what I'm saying? I walk in this. I walk in my confidence in God. Because I know without him, I'm nothing. You think you're something when you're connected to all these different things, but you're nothing without him. So, let's get back to my points. Satan wants us in a constant state of fear, while God wants us in a constant state of faith. Now, every time I make these kind of parallels, I want to make sure theologically I make it very clear that these two are not equal. Okay? The God, Satan is not God's arch nemesis. You see what I'm saying? Satan is not someone that's toe-to-toe -to -toe and, 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 and blow-to-blow -blow with God. No, nah, he, he's, he's, he's under us. <laughs> not under him. He's under us. All right? But he knows that he's powerless. Jesus took the power of, the de of death, sin, the grave, all that good stuff. He took those keys, right? But he didn't take the chopper, the devil's mouth. He didn't take that. So what happens, the Bible says he roams around like a roaring lion, not a real lion, but like a roaring lion. He wants to be like God so much because Jesus is the lion of Judah, but he's like a lion. All he does is roar. And so what happens is if you always, if you're not fit here, listen, let's get, let's get serious. 
This is our greatest enemy right here. If you do not know how to process mentally things in your life, you will be paralyzed. I'm talking from facts. Paralyzed, gripped. Oh, God, what is everybody going to say about my ministry? Oh, snap, man, everybody leaving. I was becoming my own God. That my worth and value was predicated on the size of my ministry. I don't even want a big ministry now. I know what comes with that. I don't want a million followers. That stuff is vain, vanity. We want a million followers, but how many of those are converted? See what I'm saying? Like, it's a different mission when you're kingdom-minded. When you're earthly-minded, it's all about how many people can be with me. And then you lose a sense of confidence when nobody likes your new picture. Now you're looking at yourself like, I ain't really worth nothing because I only got seven likes. I was guilty of that. I used to always have, I used to go on my social media like, did I get a triple-double today? Did I get 100 likes? About 25 shares would have been good. That would have been decent. That would have been decent. And if I can get about 40 comments, that's a good day. That's a good post. But then when a post only got 10 likes and five comments and no shares, I'll, I'll be tempted to delete it. Then I learned in life, God said, post what I tell you to post, because if it's for one person, that's worth more than a million likes from people that it wasn't meant for. But now you're cropping yourself out of images, contorting your body to get a certain kind of look. You're doing all these things with guns and, and um, um, money loans. What's the money phones? All this different stuff. Now, maybe, maybe not y'all, but I, I came from public school, so I, you know, anyway. But what I'm saying is, we do all these things for likes, but you forgot that you loved. You're loved. You don't work for love. We work from love. We don't work for forgiveness. We work from forgiveness. That's a different confidence. I don't care if your dad in your life or not. I don't care if your mom is, is, is invested in you or not. God is very invested in you. I grew up without my pops. Me and my pops cool. Got my dad saved five years ago. My dad was in my living room talking to my sister crying because he said that this man raised y'all. Right? So my dad wasn't there. I used to be mad at God at the free throw line when everybody's Julio's dad's there, Kanar's dad there, passing him the ball. And I'm sitting there at the, at the goal by myself with no father to pass the ball. But I'm so glad he wasn't there. Just because you're in a single parent home doesn't mean your home is dysfunctional. Because my mom feared God and raised a good man of God. So what I'm trying to say to you is, God right now simultaneously can feel the full capacity and be invested in your life, my life, without distraction. Amen. So he's invested in you, looking at you saying, let's go. But if you don't know that, you'll think God is some mysterical figure, some faraway figure. You'll be like, well, is God really listening? No, he said, I am right here. I've been here. I was there before you was even thought of, before your mama and daddy were thought of, before your mama's 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 daddy daddy was thought of, you was thought of. And when you know that, you'll think right. Let's keep going. Both emotions produce a particular outcome. Fear produces stress. Faith produces rest. We saw... Which side of the spectrum are you on? And I know fear is going to come, man. I, th there's things that's going to that's shake me because, you know, insecurity is, is, a, is one of, a subsidiary piece of fear. Right? I never had a kid. When I got married, I was nervous. Coach Dillago, I was nervous. I ain't never been there before. I ain't never seen that before. And so I'm over there sweating bullets. I'm like, ah. I've I never been a husband before. How do you do this? There's no manual. Where's the book? It's right here, but we don't have Can I get some 12 points on how to do this? But one thing I realized was 
at this moment, I have the full endowment of God with all the files of God to do what I need to do wherever I need to do it. That's a spirit. That I don't have to worry about knowing it all and having it all. As long as I got all of God in me, I can function in any place without lack. So I don't have to be afraid when kids come. Because I know God, I'm going to tap into my foul and the Holy Spirit will upload a foul. This is how you should parent this child. That's why fellowship with the Spirit of God would eliminate a lot of fear. Because he'll be like, we, did I not tell you we're going to the other side? Jesus, man, the man was asleep. Sleep in the boat, and these people panicking. Jesus done told them, my bad, Mr. McCullough, Ben done told him, them, <laughs> that we're going to the other side. Don't you know the one that knows it all maybe possibly was the one that engineered the storm? You think the devil caused all storms. Sometimes God gets some winds going to see if you will trust the one that's at the bottom of your belly, the one that's in your, in your vessel. Both emotions produce particular outcomes. Fear produces stress. Faith produces rest. And this may take some time for you to learn because we've been programmed to be more stressed than to be at rest. Because we are at rest when the money's good. Oh, I can sleep good when the money's good. Oh, man, good sleep. (laughs) You can rest good when when, when the food in the cupboard, but can you still rest? I told my wife, I said, um, if they start talking about... um, you know, doing some reckless stuff with chipping, and I ain't trying to make scare y'all, nor go through no rabbit holes. I said, um, you don't mind the windows being open, do you? She said, what you mean? I said, oh, well, God's still, ravens are still hiring. God's still hiring ravens. All I have to do is read it. And the same God that did it for Elijah, the same one that fed them in the wilderness, the same one that's going to bring, I don't know if it's a raven, a seagull, whatever you want to use, God. Seagull from Florida, fly all the way just for me with a good sandwich. And you know what I'm saying? God, to bring, bring a big bird because I'm a big guy. <laughs> Don't bring a little bird to bring me a little meal. Bring me a big bird that's going to bring, bring five of them big birds, all right? Because I got, I got my nephew one he eats. You know what I'm saying? Get, he's pescatarian, so give him some fish, God. You know, he'll get burgers soon. I mean, I ain't going to challenge you. Maybe that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. But when that fried chicken starts smelling good, bro, you 13, so when, I'm talking to him right now. When you get older... When you smell that mama's grease on that chicken, bro? Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, <laughs> this perverted fear is a system. Now, we're going to talk about the systems of fear, right? The perverted, uh, this perverted fear is a system. Satan designed a system that is fueled by fear, that feeds off fear, and that, is, that forces by fear. Conditioning. All you're seeing on the news right now around us is conditioning. You walk into these stores, they say you have to have a mask on. What's next? Then what's next? Then what's next? It's conditioning. That's why if you always plugged into, and you can't even trust these celebrities, you can't trust what they say. Because you don't know who's paying them. Right? So we got to be not ignorant of Satan's devices. You got to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to trust God. And it's all, 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 all. Insecurities are always loud. Why do you think God don't yell? He's too confident. God whispers so you can be close enough to hear him. He don't, he don't, why? No confident person has to raise their voice. When I first went to CMS, I was raising my voice at kids. And, and the principal came, she said, you know what? You're going to lose your voice. Just say what you got to say. Give them the consequences and keep it moving. But I was like, they got to listen to me. No, 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 you don't got to raise your voice. 
Let's keep going. Um, how much time I have left? Okay, about six minutes. All right. Now, let's get to where I want to get to. Y'all learning something? Yes, Psalms 56, uh, 3 says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, um, this, uh, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, who does? Satan and who else? Ourselves. Who else? Other people. Who else? This system does. Systems. Demons. I ain't trying to get deep with demonology, but you have to understand you're watched. You see what I'm saying? They're looking at you. They know exactly where to angle themselves at you to make you afraid. They know your idolatry level. They know your trust in God level. You have to understand these are intelligent beings. These aren't just little imps that just, no, they're smart. They've been trapping people your kind since the beginning of time. They know your kind. Because you know, you ever met someone that has your same kind of mannerisms? You don't think they've seen your kind before? They're like, ah, she didn't have pops. Okay, we know how to do this. Oh, he didn't have this. We're going to angle him this way. That's why you got to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to be watchful. I'm going to be prayed up. This life ain't, no, ain't just about getting to no league. This life ain't nothing about just getting to a career. This life is about honoring God and getting to heaven and being strong in that. Now, how to process your fear. F-E-A-R. How to process your fear. When you are afraid, when you feel fear, this is how you process your fear. This is what I had to learn in my life. This is what I do in my life now when I'm afraid. How to process your fear. This, I need you to write these down so that you can have this as, as a go-to to say, okay, I'm a boom, 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 boom. This should help me process fear. Number one, F, fact check it. Fact, not fact, fact check it. Fact check it too, F-A-T, fact check it. Is most of these fears are anorexic. They're not as big as they come off. See what I'm saying? You'll catch that tomorrow. Questions to ask yourself. What are your fears? Why are you in fear? Where did this fear come from? How is my fellowship with God? Because if I'm, if I'm constantly in a state of fear, maybe I've drifted from God. And what are the facts? What are my fears? Why am I afraid? Where did this fear come from? How is my fellowship with God? And what are the facts? Those last two are the most important ones. What are the facts? Facts over feelings. Facts over feelings. Your feelings was not supposed to be your dominant source of intelligence. <laughs> feelings was supposed to be your number one guide through the theme park of life. That's not what feelings are for. Facts. What does the facts say? What do the facts say? If you don't know this, you ain't gonna know the facts. The devil loves tempting people with a gun with no bullets. You got this, but you got nothing in the clip. Do you know five scriptures right now that can go against the things that you're afraid of right now? Do you know five? I ain't going to bring nobody up, but can you quote five right off the bat like that? And still after, after dealing with the devil, boom, 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 he's leaking. You know, him to the clip. On, oh, my bad. I probably should. Anyway, and then you walk on. That's what you got to do. When Jesus was tempted, he didn't use, what was it, what did John say? John said, no, he didn't quote John. He didn't quote no Pharisees. He quoted what he written, what he wrote. Sorry, Mr. McCullough. 
This is what defeats the devil, the word of God, right? You can't defeat a spiritual being through natural means. Fact check it. Number two, E, enter God's joy. How to process your fear? Fact check it, number one. E, enter God's joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible says in his presence there's a fullness of joy. You have to enter it. Enter it is a mental thing. We're not talking about, oh, where's God's joy? Is it, it put on GPS. Mm. His presence is everywhere. I give this analogy all the time. Verizon's network is everywhere, right? Right now, well, in most places. Let's just theoretically say Verizon's everywhere, right? If my phone, no matter if, if, no matter if it's in the midst of the presence of Verizon, if it's not on, I can't make no calls. But if there's a payment, I'm preaching now. If there's a payment, I can tap into the network. The Holy Spirit, our battery. Jesus, the one that pays the payment, helps me tap into the network, who is God the Father. But if you try to pay your payment your own self, drop calls. God calling you, you're ignoring the call. You got a missed text from God, but you got it on red, but you won't apply it. But when you know that Jesus paid it all and you know the spirit of God is an everlasting barity that will always keep you charged to do what you will not be able to apply. Apps, what applications on your life? The applications on your phone. If there's no juice, you can't play the game. You can't do nothing. You can't TikTok. You can't do all that stuff. But when you got the power of God, you can actually apply love now. You can actually apply joy now. You can actually apply patience. But if you don't rest in the payment of Christ, man, you're going to be trying to create your own network. And then your nets won't work. Let's keep going. Enter God's joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In his presence, the fullness of joy. So how do you enter God's joy? Mentally, you say, God, I thank you. When I wake up every morning, man, I, to the best of my ability, I know the first two when I do. I look at my wife, I say, God, thank you for an amazing woman. I look at the ceiling, I say, thank God for a roof, because I could have been up under a bridge. I take a foot off the bed, I say, man, even though I said this in my other class, even though I, because yesterday I got a little buckets yesterday, we did some workouts, I'm sore. But I said, even though I'm sore, these legs still work. When I cut that light on, because I got to close the door, my wife don't like the light on, so when I close the door, cut the light on the hallway, right? God, the power's paid. Gratitude. When you take initiative in it, it does something with your day. But if you're always talking about, oh, man, this sucked and oh, that messed up and oh, my life ain't like his. And you go to your closet where you got you got you got jump mans, you got pay less shoes. Pay less, I don't even know pay less still in business, but I had to go to pay less. I got pay less shoes on and I know the kids going to talk about me because I got I don't got no J's on my feet. See, one thing about me, I don't like investing in other people without investing in myself. You wearing another man's shoes and that's your identity? Your identity's in Jordan? Jordan ain't never came to your house. Jordan never came to talk to you. Oh, I got the new LeBrons, but do you got the new, the new, new? You see what I'm saying? Your identity cannot be in clothes. Your identity can't be in what you have or don't have. Your identity has to be solely in God. And when you got the joy of the Lord, what's that song? This joy that I have. My clap's off. 
The world didn't give it to me. Y'all, I can't sing, so y'all gonna help me? Okay, never mind. This joy that we have, the world can't take it. You have to understand, he's my strength. Number three, so I think I'm out of time. Okay, number three, A, you got to make the adjustments. Make the adjustments. Number one, fact check it. Number two, E, enter God's joy with gratitude. Gratitude must be your attitude. Always. Because somebody, listen, somebody always has it. Man, Miss Carl, how do I say that? Oh, I keep going? Okay, a few more, okay. Um, basically, somebody walked into hell as a billionaire. Can you comprehend that? Like, I tell people, I don't got time, or have time, sorry. I don't have, Ms. McCullough put pressure on you when you preach. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. I don't have time to stack money here when I'm only going to be here this long. You've never seen a U-Haul. The pharaohs tried to do it. They packed all them tombs with all that gold, all that stuff, and didn't take it with them. Oh, when I get to heaven. And God said, come with me, boy. <clears throat> and God brings me... <clears throat> And he types on the computer. I'm not saying this is just just follow my imagination. This is what you've been saving your whole life up here. Spend what you need. Enjoy it. Why do you think there's going to be tears in heaven? Why do you think why do you think people like the Bible talks about? Be very careful how you build on the foundation with Jesus. The Bible says some will build with hay and straw. Some will build with gold and precious stones. But everybody's work will be tried by fire. And if the person's work survives the, survives the fire, they reap a reward. But people who build with hay and straw, poor motives, thinking they did it for God but didn't do it, their works will all be burnt. Even though their soul is saved, everything they did is burnt up. I do not have time to do all this laboring down here, to get up there and say, your whole ministry is burnt, Josh. You didn't do it for me. Your soul saved. Cool. Welcome to the fam. But Josh, he was too distracted. I'm telling you, we got to make the adjustments. Now, who or what do you need to let go? What areas in your life do you need to build up and strengthen? The two things you need to strengthen right now are your thoughts and your tongue. Those two are your greatest weapons or your greatest um, hindrances. You got to train this up. You got to make the adjustments. Hey, man, I can't rock with you, man, because you just, you talking negative all the time. You are the sum total of the people you surround yourself with. The height of your life is predicated on the people you have around you. There's three circles of people in your life, right? And I'm going to do this real quickly. You got your comp, you got your carriers. These are people that as you get older, you mentor. These are people that, that, that are carriers. They'll, they like to carry the gems you have. They're like, oh, I'm going to follow you because you got wisdom. Then you got your comrades. Your comrades are your peers, the people that got the energy and like, yeah, let's go do this, rah, rah, rah. Then the top circle are your champions, the people who all, who've already won in the areas that you're still fighting for. The best circle and above that circle, <laughs> what's a C word? It's the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Those four circles, most of us care too much about the bottom two. Who looks up to me? Who thinks I'm dope? Who thinks I'm fly? 
Y'all you know, use fly, maybe not. Um, oh, my comrades, what is my peers? They know what are your champions in the triune thing? What is, what is God in your champions? See, my champions, I don't know Pastor Goose Network, I don't know, but I'm saying I rock with people who, who are my mentors. I rock with people that are successful where I'm going. So who do I talk to most? The top two tiers. I done made a lot of cuts around my comrades. They, they don't know nothing. Pete, you, you think your friends know something? If you asking your person beside you for advice, they ain't lived enough life to know anything. That's why do not be dismissive from the, from, uh, don't be dismissive of the people who've already lived. Your teachers are trying to pour into you, giving you wisdom, giving you nuggets. You better listen to us now so that you won't be trying to call us 10 years from now. Looking away. What'd you say back in, how do I do this? Make the adjustments. Who are the people you need to cut off right now? Last but not least, are regain control. How to process fear, fact check it. What, is he, are these true? Are these facts? And I say this everywhere I go most of the time. There's different types of truth. There's true and then there's truth. Coronavirus is true to a degree. <laughs> I keep that to myself. Just because it's true doesn't mean it's truth. It's true you in a single parent home, some of y'all. It's true that pops ain't paying. It may be true, but it ain't the truth. It is not what's true that sets you free. It's the truth, capital T, that sets you free. Regain control and I'm done. These R's, write these down. How to regain control of your life. Because fear should be a window of maybe... 15 to 30 minutes, the elite levels maybe two to three minutes, but it shouldn't last for days. You should be able to say, the moment I feel fear, I'm gonna process this. Or reflect. Reflect on the goodness of God. Reflect. Think about the last time He brought you through, and the time before that He brought you through. Reflect. After you reflect, rejoice. God, you whoa, you a good, good, good father. That's who you are. You see what I'm saying? I rejoice. After that, I repent. God changed the way I'm thinking and speaking. I sh- God, I-, I repent for thinking that way, talking that way. I repent, God. Renew my mind. After you repent, tears done shed, you regroup. Get yourself together. Wash, wash your face, brush your teeth. You see what I'm saying? Because when you're in worship, your breath probably stank us in that moment. But you know what I'm saying? Wash your face, brush your teeth, put on something nice, regroup yourself, regroup. After that, you rebound. Rebound, we out. Outlet, we out. Rebound, let's go. And reach forward. In order to regain control, you got to say, okay, I'm going to reflect, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to repent, I'm going to regroup, I'm going to rebound, and I'm going to reach forward. That's my time. Do I keep going? Oh, pray. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, Oh, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's pray. Bow your heads, please, family. Heavenly Father, I've done my part, the least in this whole moment. You, through your spirit, you already got the rest. Lord, I pray right now for my brothers and my sisters that they grow in their faith in you. That they get off and get away from all distractions and begin to see the beauty of you, the awe of you, the greatness of you, the, the presence of you. Lord, I pray right now that your spirit is already removing the stones, removing the thorns, removing the hardness out of their hearts. 
so that this word can be received. With that being said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command you to loose every student under the sound of my voice and every uh, teacher. I command you right now through the authority that's been given to me through Christ to loose their minds, to loose their mouths, to loose their lives. You understand, you know exactly who's talking to you, and I command you right now to loose them. And Heavenly Father, I turn my attention to you. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you that you have already done your part before the foundation of the world was laid. If you're in this room right now, <clears throat> and you're like, Mr. Ezzy, man, real talk, man, that word got to me, and I, and I need to really give my life to Christ, man. And I, I'm not saved, man. I came to school maybe because mom made me. I, I've been to church all my life, but I, I'm just not saved. I, I, I know that I am gripped by fear, but I, I don't have the fruit of the spirit in me. I don't have God's spirit in me to help me navigate this. If that's you, raise your hand. If you're in this room right now, you're like, man, Josh, I've drifted, man. I can feel it because I'm deep in fear right now. I've drifted. I'm not where I need to be with God. I, I've, I've gone too far. I need to rededicate my life right now, Josh. I need to right now. If that's you, raise your hand. All right? You can lift your eyes. Y'all all right? Now go apply this, okay? All right. <clears throat>